She was a very healthy woman when she went into the hospital. At the end of four weeks, she was a frail old lady who couldn't move. That's basically what I think they caused. Frida Jacks died after being treated at St Mary's Hospital in London. Her daughter blames the hospital for allowing her mother to develop an infection, methicillin-resistant Staph aureus, MRSA. Vivian Roth claims the hospital failed to treat the infection adequately. The protocol wasn't followed daily, she wasn't swabbed daily, and when the officials came in to check the charts, they were quite angry that the protocol wasn't followed. And if they had have done, maybe the infection would have been cleared up in a week. It's stories like that that are becoming increasingly common, according to the Royal College of Nursing's Rosie Wilkinson. By calling it something like a superbug, that has a connotation that could be a bit, you know, unnecessarily scary. But on the other hand, yes, it is widespread and it has been termed a silent epidemic. And whilst you've got to remember that in the vast majority of people it's relatively harmless, in the sick and the vulnerable people, people that have had surgery or are in intensive care, then it can be life-threatening. How's Mrs Taylor today? Mrs Taylor, she's doing fine. It's believed that bacteria such as MRSA, which can lead to more serious infections like septicemia, are present in all hospitals. The only debate, though, is how many patients they affect. Here at the West Middlesex Hospital, the infection control nurse is Cav Clementi. It's her job to deal with any outbreaks. We're here at the hospital. Now, in terms of this kind of bacteria, how much of a problem is it for you? It's a problem, but it's not a major problem. We do have patients with MRSA. Everybody does in the London area, every hospital. How many patients would you have a week or a month? One month you can have none, another month you can have 14. It just depends on what's happening around the site. So take us around then. I mean, what, what are the telltale signs or the things that affect this change in numbers? We've looked at all sorts of reasons why this might change. A lot of it is to do with the time of year. If you get a lot of patients in in the winter months who are having antibiotic therapy, then they are at more risk. So here in Ward D3, what kind of patients have you got here? This is a female surgical ward. We regard surgical patients at risk because they do have quite a number of risk factors, one of them being that they're having major surgery. There are a lot of elderly people in hospital these days, as opposed to a few years ago, because the type of surgery has changed quite a lot. So what you do have left are patients who are more prone to infection. They have more risk factors. The important point is how many patients are acquiring MRSA in your hospital. That's, that's the critical thing. Dr Barry Cookson, he's the man who's responsible nationally for independently monitoring outbreaks of these hospital infections. He believes that the nurses' claims are over-dramatised and he assures us that he's on top of the problem. There's a hospital not far from here in North London that over the last year have had 300 patients with MRSA. Right, but very few of them acquired that organism in that hospital. There were largely readmissions and transfers, and they've done a fantastic job over the last year, and very few new cases have occurred. Sounds pretty convincing, but it doesn't explain why these newly transferred patients were infected in the first place at their previous hospital. It's clear from these instances that the situation is far from under control. That's according to the Royal College of Nursing's Rosie Wilkinson. 
We don't know that we've got accurate data that actually records how much there is around. I mean, I've been told that some hospitals will even deny that it's happened in their establishment. If it's true that hospitals are covering up the facts about MRSA, then Rosie Wilkinson's call for such infections to become notifiable diseases would appear sensible. That way, hospital staff would face fines and or imprisonment for failing to notify the authorities about outbreaks. But Dr Barry Cookson doesn't support the idea. Just making something notifiable doesn't automatically mean that everyone's going to just tomorrow start reporting it. I think that what we've got to actually work very hard on, and we're actually doing this at the moment, is deciding on the appropriate way to conduct surveillance. And we're actually, at the moment, setting up a, well, two things. First of all, an MRSA surveillance network with typing laboratories around the country. And that'll be the first example in the world of that. But Rosie Wilkinson claims that such statistical collections will be flawed because of a lack of adequately trained staff in the community and in the hospitals. I think we still need some investment in hospital infection control teams. We also need to be looking more at infection control, which spreads not just within a hospital establishment, but into the community as well. We know that we've only got 50 community infection control nurses, so clearly there's a role for infection control nurses out in the community. We'd like to see an infection control nurse in every hospital and trust. But what do the trusts say to all of this? Barbara Connor of the National Association of Health Authorities and Trusts. All trusts have infection control teams. They have to have specialist nurses on those teams to tackle the infection, and this is what they're doing. But at the end of the day, if the numbers are going up, clearly those teams of nurses, doctors aren't having very much success. Or are you telling me it should be even worse? No, I think they are working very hard. But the thing is, we are treating more and more patients. So you do have more and more patients going through hospital more quickly. They're not staying in so long. They're going in and out much more quickly. So in that case, there's more likelihood of them contracting the bacteria whilst they're in there. But every day there's a new case in the paper. Like, for example, on Friday there was one in the Western Mail, on Tuesday another one in Glasgow, and so on. I mean, surely this is reaching a point whereby... Hospitals really can't carry on like this. There may be more cases, and you see them reported individually. It can give cause for concern. But trust hospitals in this country are in control, and we ought to be very grateful that this is one country where we are still in control. But some fear those controls are slipping, and more needs to be done. Back at the West Middlesex Hospital, infection control nurse Cav Clementi has her own hit list. I'd like to see, in any rebuild programme enough isolation rooms. I'd like to see hospitals introducing good antibiotic policies for the medical staff to follow and I'd like all hospitals to have good national guidelines to follow on dealing with MRSAs. So are you saying then in effect that if we had have had these rooms, the protocols and these systems that things would have been different today? It may have been but by the very nature of the beast it develops resistance quite easily and it's very difficult to say, but of course, any rebuild, it would be very beneficial if we had isolation rooms with the right facilities, because we don't know what's around the next bend. But the organisation representing hospitals disagrees. Barbara Connor again. We used to have more isolation wards in the past because there were more diseases about, 
but patterns of disease change and it may be in the future that we'll have to have more isolation wards. And certainly when you're suffering with MRSA, you need to be treated in an isolation ward. But most trust hospitals do have those facilities and if they need them, they can create them. And that is what they're doing. But ultimately, if they've got to create them on a, an emergency basis, surely that's not good planning. Really what they need to do is have them with hard bricks and mortar. Well, I think what trust hospitals need, and the health authorities need to do is respond to disease um, as it becomes more prevalent. And that is what the NHS is good at. So I think we ought to be grateful that we're looked after by the NHS because it, it is capable of controlling this bacteria. But for the late Frida Jacks, the NHS, with all its controls and safeguards, failed to save her life. There must be something that can be done to make people aware, to make hospitals aware, so that when somebody goes into hospital for an operation... Not to be nervous to have an operation. Because at the moment, I would be terrified if I had to have an operation in a hospital. I'd rather not. 